Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, welcome to Go Home Bible You're Drunk, the podcast where we dust off our Bibles and try to figure out what the heck they were trying to teach us in Sunday school. I'm Tori. I'm a former evangelical, you know, culture warrior baby, like we just have to outbreed the libs situation. And I'm not that anymore. I, uh, as Justin recently said, am I kind of like part-time atheist just to like make up for all of my sins in in evangelizing the world. I also, as I mentioned, have a co-host who has a name. Yes. Yeah. My name is Justin. I was also a evangelical culture warrior. I I actually, I was enlisted into the purity culture war pretty hard. I was part of a drama troupe that would go to public schools and perform skits, telling them not to have sex. And Hot. Wait, was this the star program? There was a lot of sexual attention. No, it was not star program. It was called Worth Waiting For. Um, (laughs) And yeah, snicker. You can snicker. That's fine. And I did it not one year, but two. And the sexual attention on that stage was palpable. That just sounds like that just sounds like a G-rated kink fest to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I actually think most of my teenage years could be subtitled a G-rated confess. Um, so, yeah. Um, and so I took that G-rated Kinkfest and I went to I went to school and I learned things and I became a pastor. So there's that. So, but yeah. So we've now done a hundred. This is a hundred episodes. Sweet. Of this podcast that we're Can doing. Can we give ourselves a raise? I... I guess that's up to the patrons. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to, the patrons are going to hopefully give us a raise. And yeah, so thank you all for being on this journey. There are people that have listened to every episode, which I... Incredible. Confession. I was present for the recording of every episode. I don't know that I've listened to every episode. I've listened to 97 of them. Yeah, for sure. So thank you. This has been such a great honor. And we're going to have a, a relatively casual, maybe, who can say? Depends on episode. where the Lord leads. It depends on where the Lord leads. We are joined by not one, not two, but three additional co-hosts uh, that are joining us today. Uh, these are full past guests that have been on the show, and we're very grateful to have them. I'm going to have 
we're going to just have them briefly introduce themselves. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Lindsay because she's uh, she's next to me on the little podcast thing that we have. Um, yeah. Hi, I'm Lindsay. I am a former evangelical. My only claim to fame within the Christian world is that my former pastor was Sean Craig from Phillips Craig and Dean, um, which is pretty big deal. Um, and nice. I, I was actually part of a puppet troupe that would go into nursing homes and do like, <laughs> instead of sex and wait, like, well done, you good and faithful servant, I guess. I don't know. Um, oh, wow. So, <laughs> yep. Anyway, that's me. I am located near St. Louis, Missouri. And yeah. All right. Alicia, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Alicia. Um, most people know me online as transvangelical. Also, former evangelical, still some weird version of something that claims Christianity for some weird reason. Yeah, since we're apparently attaching ourselves to purity culture, I did the STAR program and not uh, whatever whatever you did, which in it, like we took, <laughs> I remember that we took like Spice Girls songs and we're like, what are the sexual references? And we taught this to sixth graders. Um, and I didn't even know that uh, the Spice Girls songs had sexual references until that. Cool. Yeah, this is how sheltered I was. I didn't know that wow. Spice Girls sing about <laughs> sex. Wow. Just if you want to. This, this is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, now, yeah. now I do very irreverent religious stuff. And I'm also now a sex worker. So... <laughs> Take that purity culture. <laughs> I love this. I love this. All right. Mason, do you want to tell us who you are? No one knows who you are. Wow. No one knows. That's that is great. Yeah. My name is Mason Meninga. And uh, I don't really know what else to say about myself other than. Uh, yeah, I guess my like only claim to fame is that I know Lindsay, who know whose pastor is Sean Craig or was Sean Craig from Phillips Craig and Dean. Uh, and so that's really my only claim to fame these days. I don't know anything else. <laughs> no other right. music world stuff. Nothing else. No, no. And Reliant mm -mm. K does not follow you at all. Yeah. Who Reliant who? You Reliant have K? none of their phone numbers. <laughs> but yeah, that's my, that's my only claim to fame. And uh, we're supposed to do a purity culture thing. My only uh, cool purity culture story or funny purity culture story is my youth pastor during the month of February every year because it was love month because it was February would do a purity culture series for youth group. And uh, every year he would tell the same exact metaphor. And that was sex is like pizza. It's great, but you don't take it out of the oven. You have to wait for it. And I'm like, that was, that was the extent of his purity culture metaphor and i was like really that's mm -hmm. that's, that's all you got but, this uh, is why i have yeah. 762 pizzas in my oven right now <laughs> pizza can wait or any of them cooked yeah no you can't take it out pizza. you can't take it out the bottom ones just like yeah. crumble they just turn into ash sink through to the bottom and then you put the next one in it's perfect it like gives it's it a perfect system. Of burnt yeah. flavor a burnt pizza you really yeah. need to take care of your bottoms a lot more <laughs> It's it's a burnt offering unto the Lord, my stuffed yes. oven full of pizza. <laughs> Just, it's like every time you masturbate, it puts another pizza in. I'm like, the metaphor is lost <laughs> on me at this point. But if so, 
Man, shout out to Mason's uh, Mason's youth pastor. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah I, I'm from the Midwest, so I don't know where ranch enters into the metaphor, but at some point, I feel like ranch should be included. It's like Midwestern lube. I don't know. Something, something about stuffed crust. <laughs> wow. Delicious. All right. Well, we're starting off really well. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining. And we're, we're very glad to have you. And this is our 100th episode. So we're kind of having a, a little bit of a party, but also kind of an episode. And so we typically do a This Week in Evangelicalism. We don't have like one particular story to talk about. but um, it is June 1st, a day notoriously free of anything evangelical related. It's true. They're certainly not upset about anything. And so, like, as we as we as we enter into Pride Month on our liturgical calendar, and I should say outrage about Pride Month on our evangelical liturgical calendar that we may or may not someday do. Like, I, I guess I just want to say, like, it's this has been an interesting one because it's like. Target has done pride stuff for as long as there's been a target. And, but now suddenly it's like evil um, and grooming. I don't know what the, I don't know what the words are anymore. They just kind of throw them out. But also I feel like there's, this is also a, a time I feel like for some really interesting and innovative, defiant queer joy. So I think just, Going around and just kind of sharing like, hey, this is the weird stuff that's going on and we can laugh at, but also like what kind of defiant queer joy is also out there that we can promote and be excited about. I'm just mourning the loss for all the suburban moms out there for their loss of Target and Chick-fil-A in one week. That's a pretty hard week for a suburban mom. And so <laughs> just really want to throw that out there uh, and, uh, you know. Give up my prayer request to the suburban moms. Out and there. the ch- and that show, The Chosen, mm-hmm. as well, has oh, been canceled. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Chosen's blood. gone, so they have nothing to do. Oh, dear. This is not, not good. a thing. I mean, they still have Walmart, boy- but what are they going to do when they show up at Walmart and realize they Walmart have pride also stuff? Has pride stuff. Did you see the new Walmart shirt that says Pride or Die? That's my favorite Family Force Five album, Lindsay. <laughs> Just like entering a guitar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, this is going to go so over great. so well. I can't wait. Oh, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, I I find the the outrage is is odd. It just continues to get stranger and. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, it, I think actually Chick-fil-A has been, you know, the original founder, he's kind of stepped down, his kids have kind of taken over. And I think they're beginning, uh, they're not any less Christian, they still donate to not great organizations. Like, I want to make that part clear. But as an employer, and as like business owners, they are like trying to make those like just basic human resource type steps into the 21st century. And it's amazing that like, you know, they said the D word, they said diversity, we no more chicken, like, <laughs> which is the, like the most like, interesting thing to me, because like, they're, they're clearly not doing anything to be supportive of the LGBTQ plus community. So it's mm-hmm. literally just racism. Mm-hmm. They weren't racist enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Target too, like Target, I believe still donates to politicians oh, yeah. occasionally that are anti-trans and like, so it's, it's, 
most of the cor- corporate pride washing or whatever happens, but it's just like, yeah, I don't, the outrage is, is just strange. Well, I, I was in Minneapolis for a while and, uh, we didn't just boycott, we looted that target shit. So, uh, <laughs> the conservatives, they don't even know what boycotting is until you've looted a fucking target. <laughs> this is what I've been thinking about though. Like I've been, cause they were so mad about the target getting looted, but then they're going in and like throwing over displays that have pride stuff on them. And I'm like. Having like tiny one man riots. At least take target. the things outside of the target. Mm-hmm. He, the, and they're like, I'm buying this so I can burn it. Like, just walk out with it, bro. You're a white man. You got this. I believe in you. Like, the weirdest thing that I've seen was apparently there was like a MAGA um, rapper who did this entire like rap about. And, uh, okay, there's no MAGA rapper. It wasn't KJ52. This is what shocked me the most. And like, part of it was like him like taking tampons. And like just like holding them and talking about how tampons are so evil, you know, because like the woke agenda. <laughs> the, the woke, woke agenda. agenda is tampons. <laughs> and like it's just it's unreal at this point. It's past parody because it's like I don't even know. I don't even know. I would still do like the weird part is it like I, I would not take it serious if I didn't literally have people in my family oh, yeah. that thought that way. Which is the craziest mm-hmm. thing to me. Like, this should not be, this should not be real. This should all be parody. We should all be laughing. It should all be hilarious. But then there's like family members that are like, they have pride stuff at our target. I'm going to take my hunting rifle and tell them to stop. I don't know. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. Um, and, But it's like, it, it's like constant, like they keep it constantly on that verge of violence to like maintain that fear and because they keep it on the verge of violence it can be as ridiculous as they want because they like they there's literally not people going to stop them because they're afraid of violence yeah and and I, as and it, i will say like first of all i think target should instead of like caving be like no we will bring the full force of every lawyer we possibly have against you but even so, I can understand as employees, like, I'm not confronting that shit because I don't know. know if this is just like some dude or if it's some psychopath. Like, no, nah, I ain't, no, no one pays Target. No one, no one working at a Target store gets paid enough to deal with that. For, for of, sure. of course not. Yeah. Have you seen the video? I think it's actually a few years old at this point, but there's like somebody who goes and rages against a Target employee. And he's like, do you support pride? And she goes, oh, yeah. And he goes, are you for Satanism? And she goes, yeah. And like, just like goes along with all of it. And it's so beautifully <laughs> handled. Like, I literally, I fell in love with that woman watching that video. It's like, yeah, you got this covered. It's just like a, a bi awakening. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, oh, that, oh so this is what I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. So speaking of, of bi awakenings and, and, queer joy justin i feel like you have something to to come out about (laughs) so uh so this morning i tweeted um and it was kind of a dig at conservatives like that hey i i woke up it's first day of pride month i'm still straight you know the gay santa claus didn't come bestow me with with you know a gift of of i'm still straight and then Alicia just tweeted at me. I was like, w- would you date a non-binary person? And I'm thinking like, hell yeah, but I'm not, 
there's a lot of non-binary people that I find attractive. And then it was kind of like I was I was christened <laughs> into queerness <laughs> at that moment. Um, and I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I mean, I feel good. I don't feel bad. It's not I'm not like afraid. It's just it was just more like a huh. And is that what this is? Is that what it's like? Um, <laughs> It's so confusing. If bit. you're confused all the time, then congratulations and welcome. The answer is yes. Because my brand is the straight guy on this podcast. <laughs> you do realize well, oh, I wanted to, what this could do. I wanted to be, respond and be like, here's your flag. And I, I, like, I looked. I really wanted like a mostly straight but into, into non-binary what's, what's the What's the flag for the straight guy who's attracted to non-binary people? <laughs> Yeah, what is the rainbow? Congratulations. (laughs) Well, so there are rainbow flags with like question marks on it, and I thought about (laughs) here's your flag. It's just a picture of me shrugging. Like (laughs) I could be a queer coded straight guy. I'm fine with that. IDK. Yeah, IDK. Like that's you know Kevin Garcia calls me girl sometimes, so that I mean, does that count for something? Maybe. I think this so. Actually, I think so. This is actually an intervention, too. After we found out about Justin, we're like, we've got to get Mason. <laughs> we got to we gotta figure these guys out, and we have to, what what they are, because they can't be straight. The agenda, agenda never stops for you all. The d- agenda never <laughs> stops. <laughs> you all had a meeting. You had one of your gay meetings. <laughs> how, can we, how can we groom Justin and Mason? into queerness remember and it's we working can't, we can't reproduce so. <laughs> it's, <true. laughs> it's purely missionary it's a purely yeah, missionary you, you can't do the one kind of missionary so you do the other kind of missionary i like the shakers of the modern day it's the standing up it's the standing up missionary the not the laying down missionary yeah oh man I, all missionaries are enjoyable <laughs> Um, I don't know what this I means, but okay. <laughs> I feel, like I feel like I that's inherently not true because it's so of not true. And colonialism, but well, there's I, also I other types of missionary various... anyway. that there's also other types of missionary that aren't always enjoyable, depending mm-hmm. on who you're you're hooking up with. <laughs> true, fair. There okay, are we literally think about people you, Elizabeth out there. <laughs> I'm. I see. I'm okay being basic, though. Like. I'm, you know, I'm fine with missionary. This whole know? missionary thing, though, is making me want to put is making me want to put like seduce a Mormon missionary on my bucket list. I like, you know, they watch enough. How porn many that... how many people can say that they've done that successfully? So, I mean, I Lindsay's you know, already done it. So that's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. You know, so there was I, I didn't realize for the longest time that missionaries actually have. Mormon missionaries have their own name. I thought they were all called Elder. Like, I thought that was all of their names. <laughs> and I was like, I cannot believe that. Like, all of you guys are named Elder. <laughs> so weird. So anyway, <laughs> all the Elders are on my list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I had to be really fr- upfront about how not smart I am. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought they did Brother, but you're right. They do Elder. They do yes. Elder. Because yeah. <laughs> that's their name. Elder Smith. Oh my gosh. Your mom. 
knew what you were going to be. I'm like, congratulations to her. Oh, man. Would would they be called like Elder? If their actual name was Elder, would they be called Elder Elder No, because they do last name. They're big on last names. Like, they're pretty exclusively like last names. So it's like Elder Johnson or like, you know, Elder yeah. Adams. Elder Johnson. Is, is this how story. we get into... Is this how we get into like Catch Twenty Two, where there's major, major, but major. <laughs> he's actually like they named all of his names major, so he's literally major, 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 major. I want a story about an elder who actually decides not to be an elder. He's like, this life is not for me, and he's this a non-elder. This is where the elder. seduction comes in. What What if he wants to be a deacon? Yeah. Ooh, deacon elder. Deacon elder, elder deacon. Nice. So, um, anyway, report back to us on this quest story. I feel like we need to have the missionaries updates. The missionaries in my neighborhood are not are not Mormon. They're um, people of praise. That group that uh, Amy Coney okay. Barrett is a part of. They people like, of take, praise pop. Yeah, pop. They're like <laughs> taking over my neighborhood, and it's been like documented. Like 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 journalists have written about it. So I and I don't know. I mean, they also might be worth seducing. I don't know. I will have to look into this further and I will report back. It would probably be the most enjoyable deconversion story. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Putting this on my body count. I would like to go on record to say I would like to be an elder in or uh, whatever in Tori's neighborhood. Yeah. We're we're all moving to Tori's neighborhood and yes. to become elders. <laughs> we're on a mission. <laughs> we're going to put on white shirts, black ties, show up someday. It's not okay. We're literally, we're literally on a okay. mission to be elders in Tori's neighborhood. Just like... You the problem, the problem okay. is, though, like, they make their missionaries, like, 18 years old. And I, yeah. I just feel like that's too much of a gap at this point. Nice. True. The half your age plus seven thing, which isn't great, by the way. It's, <laughs> it's still it's not more ideal. Like, like, yeah. that's, that's, the bar is still on the floor at that point, <laughs> but there's at least a bar. Um, but yeah. While we're derailing this completely, the best Ask Reddit thread that I have ever seen in my entire life was titled Mormons of Reddit, What's the Best Kind of Bike to Ride? <laughs> I think about that twice a day. <laughs> Oh my gosh. At what point does the church like invest in the in e-bikes though? Yeah. <laughs> oh never. Never. Yeah. They barely feed those boys enough. Like they're <laughs> not investing in e-bikes. There's no way. <laughs> nice. That is that is human powered only bikes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Powered by the saints. <laughs> but apparently like it's in the rules because so I lived in Idaho, so I was surrounded by, by Mormons. But if you if you became a missionary in like Mexico in certain areas, like they you could get a you could get a car because it's too dangerous to ride on bicycles or whatever. But there's nowhere in the United States oh. where you're allowed to get a car if you're on a mission in the United States. Yeah, you have to walk or oh, ride wow. a bike. Jeez. This all is reminding so me of a great story where when I was a kid, I made a Mormon girl cry because she was Mormon. <laughs> Oh, Mason. <laughs> Can I share this story really quick? Yes. Please do. So I was in fourth, I was like in fourth grade. So I was like nine or 10 years old and I learned about Mormonism and I was like super interested. This is like when I was like starting to get really serious about my faith. That's when I started listening to only Christian music and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I really got into learning about like occult stuff, like Satanism, all these things. And of course, being a Christian, I also learned about Mormonism and how it's a cult. And so I learned all about Mormonism. And one day I went to school and started telling everybody that Mormons 
worship Satan. And there was a Mormon girl in our grade, the one Mormon, there was literally one and that was it. Uh, and I told everybody that she worships Satan. And by the end of the day of, at school, of course, like word gets around and somebody like tells her that I said that she wor- worships Satan. And literally as like the bell rings to that end school, I see her like sprinting out of uh, out of the the school just crying. And I was like, shit. And so I go home, tell my mom, and she's like, sounds like you need to apologize to her. And so the next day at school, right before school starts, I go up to her and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I was being really mean. And she was like, it's okay. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, that's how I We're used to evangelical cry out of school. That's uh, I, I hear that confession. And she's like my age <laughs> and so. I think has like four or five kids now. So she clearly stayed Mormon. Yeah. Sounds like <laughs> either that or she's just an yeah, anti-vaxxer. It's not a circle. That Venn diagram is a circle. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. Mormon, lots of kids, anti-vaxxer. In the middle of the anti-vax circle is the is the smaller circle of Mormon anti-vax has 18 children. Wild. Anything anything else to add to this um, discussion that started about Pride Month? And you know, I, I think we're still in the neighborhood. We're within biking range. We're within biking range. Yes, that's very good. Am I okay? So I do have a question though, actually. Yeah, because I'm I'm just trying to figure out if if it's like at this point safe for me to like have Chick Fil A once or twice a year, That's or if question. I'm still donating to like these hmm. these like anti queer ghouls that run the world. Apparently, hmm. I don't know. I, I won't as as and I still shop at Target. Not quite queer person. I don't feel like I can answer this question. <laughs> I don't know. My default is always the fact that like our Chick-fil-A is right here and our Raising Cane's is right here across the freeway. So for me, it's not even a question of ethics. It's just a question of chicken. And I'm always going to go Raising Cane's. So I haven't actually given critical thoughts this for the past four years. Oh, my gosh. See, with me, it's like my Target is right here and then my Chick-fil-A is across the street. That so I'm already I'm- there and usually hangry. <laughs> And, like, I have to be honest, like, from my evangelical days, I can tell you that, like, walking into a Chick-fil-A, especially with kids, is an out-of-body experience because, like, everybody's pulling at your chair. They're, like, taking your trays. It's, like, it's wonderful because they're helping you because you're doing God's work of putting Chick-fil-A and joining children into the world. And they're, like, we have to reward you. Like, it's a very, from my evangelical days, I have to confess. This is weird. I know, but like they're so nice there, and it's like because again, they're they're not the owners. The employees there are not the owners, but like right, yeah. At the same time, it's like I don't want to support you, and also the passive aggressive urge in me to tell them you don't have to say my pleasure after every single thank you oh, gosh. is so strong that that actually makes me want to not go there either. So it's it's oh such a yeah, that's a good point. The whole my pleasure thing, like that's it's weird. But that like it's like a it's like one of those bad church signs that's like you know when God gives you something bad, slurp it up or something. (laughs) It's like whatever. Like it's like come on, like you're you're. Did you not read the room here? Don't say my pleasure. Like that's. But I will say Chick Fil A. It is a weirdly efficient fast food chain. 
consistently. Like if the, if there's a line out, like if the Popeyes, Raisin Canes, all of them have an equal line. Oh yeah, you're getting like, through Chick Fil A. The Chick Fil A line is moving faster. faster. Absolutely, yeah. so much faster. Why? <laughs> Why? It's the spirit of the Lord it's the moving through that. The Lord on your side. <laughs> okay. It's the Lord, I guess. So I prayed for chicken quickly, and the Lord gave it to me. Knowing a little bit about Chick Fil A, like their corporate structure, like they literally put on chapels for their employees. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know mm. that it's like required, but they have like at their headquarters they have chapel. Uh, it's- I know. Could you that imagine they, being um... the chaplain for Chick Fil A? <laughs> How much does that person get paid? I hope that they make him wear the cow costume. <laughs> what if it is just the it's mascot? It's just the mascot. Yeah, you have to like pull double think, duty. Like it's like a half. T- it's like uh, you that that person has to like split halftime between mascot and then also being the chaplain. You can't and be a chaplain forty hours a week. I would like to think of a version where he goes instead of how can I pray for you? He goes, how can I pray for Moo? And he like incorporates that <laughs> every phrase. Oh, it's just cow puns the whole sermon. <laughs> I know that they hire or like hire whatever. Uh, I know that they'll have like Christian bands come and like play at their, at their like conferences, like their like employee. Like who skillet? Conference. I don't know. I don't know. Skillet's going to open for the Chick Fil A corporate conference. <laughs> I Skillet, I don't Skillet even remember. Skillet won't go there now because they have unequality, diversity, and inclusion office. That's right. Yeah. So Skillet equity, inclusion. Skillet can't. Yeah, they've let that satanic. Newsboys is Australian enough where they maybe don't give a shit, so they still might be in. Uh, they they still might be in the market for Chick Fil A's co- corporate conference. Fair. Yeah, that, that yeah, Michael Tate so. is the Michael Tate is is Newsboys, isn't he? Yeah, right. But mm-hmm. he's like he's probably the DEI coordinator for Newsboys. So here's the issue, though: they do serve breakfast, but they don't serve breakfast in health. So right. is this like? Are they able to do? T- I mean, I guess probably that's not. Yeah, meant. yeah, probably not. Mm. Fair, fair. So I, I think, I think Tori, the the panel is a little muddled on whether or not there's you no can clear answer. So oh, we I will go another try. year. I'll go another <laughs> year. I'll ask we, next year. Yeah, next time we'll around uh, episode one fifty. We'll or if try somebody has any tips for how to like steal Chick Fil A, how to steal like a spicy chicken sandwich, not actually pay for it, I will also take those if you want to DM me. I bet you could find an inside man. You know what I want? You know what I? You know what I want to do? I'm like my if if I could if I could do like a like a crime for fun, I would break into Chick Fil A and just open it on Sunday and just like run the whole thing on Sunday and then leave. That would be a real delight. That's the crime. That's my communism. Every once in a while, they they will, like, sponsor, like, a a race or something. So, like, the first half marathon that I did, they sponsored that. So, like, Asians? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm like, what race are they sponsoring? I don't understand what this means. A running running race. (laughs) The whites. They're sponsoring the whites. (laughs) They write a check. 
because they have the one diversity person that makes sure that they only have white people, but they at least get every like hair color of white people. That's the, that's the diversity. We got Sweden. Good. Yeah, we got Sweden. We believe in the diversity, equity, and inclusion of, of white. All white people. <laughs> of all white people. Including Italians. <laughs> I know. I know. So progressive. So progressive we include Italians. Italians. Polish, Greek people. All of them. <laughs> they're, still they're still debating on the Irish because they're stuck in the 1800s. That and yeah. they're Catholics. So they're like, those you Irish Catholics... You can only eat the fries. <laughs> One less chicken nugget for them. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would actually be a funny corporate policy. If they seem like an Irish Catholic, <laughs> they get four chicken nuggets. Out of it looks like a goblin. <laughs> oh man. Um, we're gonna take a quick break for capitalism to compose ourselves and. Uh, and then we're we're gonna we're gonna honor some patrons, some lucky patrons that um, well, lucky us for having patrons, but lucky patrons for being on our hundredth episode. Um, mm. And then we'll uh, then we'll get to some questions for fun. So thanks everybody, and yeah, we'll see you. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, putting up with our little capitalism idolatry. It is now time, if you know, if you've listened to this before, to pass the plate. And we're going to say thank you to a few of our favorite listeners because, you know, our patrons are our favorite listeners just by like a little, you know, if all of you are 100% patrons are like 105%. That's how much we like you. Just a little bit more favorite kid sort of situation. Uh, if you would like to yeah. become a patron, you can absolutely do that. Just go to patreon.com slash go home Bible. Super easy. You can sign up at any tier you would like. And you can do some fun hangs with us and other other things like that. If you are so inclined, you can also get a Bible verse given to you by the Lord if you sign up at the youth pastor tier or above, which I'm very excited about. I'm also excited to have some like, I don't know, maybe maybe have some like mm, new 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 things from the Lord to give to people at, at higher levels. So I got to talk to Justin about that at some point. But yeah. In the meantime, we have some patrons to thank today. We are very excited for our patrons. We have three new patrons this week. And you're here for lucky number 100. Like, we're a legitimate podcast now. Like, it didn't hit me until this moment. Like, we've done 100 episodes. I feel like that makes you a real podcast. You're a real boy. Like, Yay. Like, we were, we were like this. It was a Pinocchio situation. And now, now we're a real podcast. Um, 
So, uh, so a couple of people to thank first, I'll say to Malachi, who was a new deacon in our, uh, second church of the drunken Bible. So it could be your brother. Malachi. Malachi? (laughs) Yeah. That's not their last name. I'm not going to share their last name, but I can confirm that it's not your brother. Um, Can you confirm? Confirm. Yeah. I can, I can maybe softly confirm because they may not go by their actual last name, but I can kind of mostly guarantee that they're not your brother. Um, but who can say? Uh, but thank you, Malachi, for your um, and and maybe if you could confirm that you're not Mason's deny. brother, that can would deny be helpful. that you're Mason's brother. That's what Justin means to say. Yes, <laughs> you could just deny. It. You could just deny that whenever you get a second. Anytime you feel like doing that that'd be great but we have uh, a new youth pastor in uh page so thank you so much page for being a youth pastor you get a bible verse uh mediated to you by the lord through your appointed elders justin Natori, and honorary elders Lindsay mason i'm gonna go ahead and flip through the holy writ here and page who can say what's gonna happen i have had whiskey and so i hope i don't find a map the lord can say what will happen the Lord, the Lord will say, yes. Okay. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Two Corinthians. Yeah. Or not Corinthians. It's Chronicles. Sorry, that's how dumb I am. I saw the two and the C and, the C and yeah, thought like, the joke oh, is too yeah, good like, oh, and didn't realize it was Chronicles. Okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, two Chronicles 29, verse 34. The priests, however, were too few to skin all the burnt <laughs> offerings. <laughs> so oh, it keeps going. So their relatives, the Levites, helped them until the task was finished. Until the priests had been consecrated for the Levites had been... Oh my gosh, it keeps going. More conscientious in consecrating themselves than the priests had been. Um, <sighs> I probably butchered that verse. It involves skinning... <laughs> Um, the burnt offerings, Justin. So that's probably the longest one we've ever had. So thank you, Paige, for that. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) it's definitely the longest I've ever had. Yes, the longest skinning that Mason has ever had. Oh goodness gracious! We also have another patron, a a senior pastor, uh, who we're very grateful for. So thank you so much. Uh, This is Daniel, a new senior pastor. Uh, So thanks so much. You also get a life first, Daniel. And so we're going to go ahead and close our eyes and just flip through. And okay, here we go. Oh, this is like an actual verse that people like. Oh, no. Um, That's never happened before. Womp, womp, womp. (laughs) Um, This is John 10, verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So, um... Follow them to the nearest skinning, Daniel. <laughs> and uh, so, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And yeah, uh, may the sheep follow you around because they know you. And may they not get skinned. Yeah. And may they not get skinned. So avoid, maybe avoid Paige, possibly, <laughs> or be cautious when meeting Paige. That'd be great. Uh, so thanks so much. We really appreciate all of our patrons. Uh, this podcast would not be at 100 episodes without you for sure. And yeah, we're so grateful. I also just want to say a shout out to our editor in chief, Liz, who does not get enough shout outs. She this, Again, this podcast would not happen without her. And so if you 
if you're like, hey, I want to start a podcast and hey, I want an editor, um, podcast audio is uh, you should definitely uh, check her out because she does a wonderful job. So thank you so much to everybody that makes this podcast happen. It's good. So so for our panel, uh, we didn't really come. We don't want to do like a whole Bible story thing. Corey and I are trying to take a break from First Timothy right now. I think three times now we've tried to go back into that book. We don't want it. And we just mm, don't want mm. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just waiting until you get to Second um, Timothy. So we will next week we will get back into First Timothy. But we asked Twitter and we asked some of our patrons for questions just randomly to ask our, our panel and also to ourselves. Some of them will be serious. Some of them will not be serious. And that's fine. I did want to start out with one here that was um if and and this is might require some thought so if which bible characters do you think would start an only fans and what would they put on it so first of all which tamar. Bible characters have an tamar well i there are some obvious <laughs> ones are, for sure yeah. But yeah, but uh, so Tamar would have an OnlyFans and I guess hers would be like um, father-in-law roping material like, you know, so anything to get the father-in-law in. Also dress up different, different outfits, which is always fun. Yeah. Well, a lot of, a lot of like maybe cosplay adjacent yeah. stuff. I yeah. think Boaz I would be going in with the feet content. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Paul is definitely making gay porn on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> really? The, I mean, nice. the Bible clearly says that he circumcised Timothy, so he's very comfortable touching other men's penises. But true. We're hoping, we're hoping that true. there was consent at minimum. Always have consent when you're touching someone else's penis. It's a little. It's Certainly a little, when you're circumcising yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Circumcision when requires you're circumcising. an extra level of consent. <laughs> Touching does not. Yes. All right, great. I got it. Okay. So, Mason, do you have any any thoughts on um, the the OnlyFans of the Bible? Honestly, the first thing that came up in my mind was Solomon strikes me as the guy from Fifty Shades of Christian Grey. Gray. I don't know oh. that guy's name, but Solomon just seems like the guy, like the rich guy that just like opens up his <laughs> closet and it's just all this shit. And he's like, welcome. I mean, so- Solomon had so many women around him and he was so rich. He definitely had like all kinds of kinks. Like he explored them all. Um, yeah. I agree with you. He's the first one to tell you 100%. that you're being too vanilla. Yeah, I think, yeah, he would be the one that's like, missionary is too basic, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just not even turned on. He's like, there on needs to be unless, blood. You know, it's in this sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I can oh, see that. Oh, dear. Uh, Tori, do you have any thoughts on the only fans of the Bible? Um, I don't know. Like, low-key, I kind of think John the Baptist. Oh. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Like, he's, oh, he's, he's a, a little freak. freaky. He's got some kinks going on. I think that people would be very into that That's... shit. You know? He's got, he's got all that all that honey all them bugs oh, no. well that i mean that makes me honey, think like honey bugs and dicks like if <laughs> that's if, if he can <laughs> if true. he eats bugs true. he'll like pretty much do anything or like a 17 quiz like if your fan eats bugs then here's what to expect <laughs> oh no oh no oh no so, so I, I feel like um, i feel like mark would be an exhibitionist like literally mm-hmm. the only person who wrote in the bible and this and there was a young man who ran naked through the streets. And that's how we like think Mark wrote the book of Mark. So like, 
nobody else is nobody else is bragging about running naked through the streets in the Bible except Mark. Oh, like, I don't know if I'm in the Bible. Except maybe. Tori. I don't know. Not, not yet. No, I'm not sure. I Are did you sure you did right, Mark? I'm not. I can't. I can't really confirm or deny at this time, per mm. the advice of my lawyers. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think, who would I? Who would I think had an OnlyFans? I mean, all like all these have been good. You know, I mean, I think David would be a heavy contributor to OnlyFans. I think he would subscribe to a lot of OnlyFans. I don't know that he would make <laughs> Not necessarily any. make content. I don't think he'd make content. I, I mean, I'm going to say David would have made content when he was younger. Maybe. You know? Yeah, sure. Oh, he definitely, like, yeah, but, definitely, um, like, twink content. Like, yeah. Yeah. D- David would have been a twink. Yeah, please, please see like- our episode with Alicia, the transvangelical, when we talk about <laughs> David and his various... Things that he really... did. Not he did them for free, yeah, not on video. That's the thing. Free. I think I think OnlyFans is like too much work for David. Like <laughs> I just got to get naked in public now. And if I thought camera, more as like Jonathan was doing all the administrative work, <laughs> of, like posting the shit up. You know? personally, personally, I think that there's like this really tragic story where you have Jonathan being David's only subscriber, and then Jonathan. Like, I think this is really sad. I mean, I think I think it's because Song of Achilles is in my head right now by Madeline Miller. And so that's what I keep comparing it to. But like, I just keep getting really sad thinking about David's OnlyFans and thinking about Jonathan's reaction. Can you like, nice. can you like, please turn this into a, a romance novel? Like, I would read that. Yeah, this is some, I'm a freelance writer for like, for like people who do natural birth. But I feel like this is, I could do this. <laughs> Let's do this. Nice. This nice. is the next. This is the next voyage for me. Oh man. Um. So, do we want to like intersperse these with like somewhat thoughtful, meaningful questions, or do we want to get all the ridiculous casting superhero ones out of the way? <laughs> I say we go back and forth. I don't. Let's, let's see. Back. Let's go yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I I think all of us here on this panel like were once like once took the Bible literally, I think probably all of us did at one point. Like, what was a tipping point for you to kind of, that first kind of thing to break away from, like, the literal inerrant view of the Bible? Like, what was the, like, mm, okay, this isn't literal anymore. The first step on the slippery slope, if you will. Definitely. I mean, I know I know, mine was, um, now I can't even remember what, what book it's in, but the whole concept of, like, honor you know honor your parents i must i don't know it must have been like ephesians or something but i was i remember kind of like reflecting on that i remember exactly where i was like in my kitchen also <laughs> it was like a saturday morning and i you know i'm like putting dishes away or whatever and it's just like i just have this thought of like oh my god like paul was wrong like no you don't have to honor your parents if your parents are not honorable people so for me, it was definitely that idea of like, honor your father and mother. And it's like, well, y- yes, but that's, I'm like, it's a two way street. And anybody who doesn't, you know, it was when I was first learning about power dynamics. So realizing like, if you, if one party gets all of the honor and the other party gets none, then that's functionally abuse, unless the other party can just leave, is like free to leave. And, so I, yeah, I was just beginning to like kind of figure that out. And I was like, oh no, cause like parents have all of the power until you're an adult. Like, no, let's, 
that's wrong. So yeah, that was the um, straw that broke the camel's back for me, I guess. I have sort of two different stories with that. The first of which was I didn't realize that there was any other understanding outside of biblical literalism. And my like entry into that was when I realized that there were young earth creationists and old earth creationists, and they both were biblical literalists, but they both like debated with one another. And that's when I was like, oh, even the biblical literalists try to like out literal one into each other, right? Like that, that, and I was probably really young at maybe eight or nine when I started to realize that. But in terms of my own like personal story where I was like, oh, I'm not a biblical, probably not a biblical literalist anymore, was I started having a lot of questions around purity culture when I was later on in high school. And I remember literally Googling one day, what does the Bible say about oral sex? And once I like started looking into that and I was probably going on the like weird ass forums that Google had on the you know first or second page and realized like, oh, maybe I don't believe exactly like what I was told about the Bible. And that's when it first hit me like, oh, what if other things are wrong? And that's when that's when everything kind of spiraled for me. Yeah, for me, there was so this is kind of branching off of young arts creationism. I right after I went from like a very it was a formerly Pentecostal now turned non-denominational church that I was that I was raised in. And I went straight into a reformed church that like borrowed off of Doug Wilson and people like that. And so like I just ate up all of that theology. And then I was talking to one of my friends and she is amazing. And I'm probably going to tell her all about this afterwards because I just love her so much, but she is an epidemiologist. And I like, she was one of the people where I trusted outside of anybody else. And so um, I was just like making a joke with her that, oh, if I believed in evolution, then I would believe Mm -hmm. in this. And she looked at me and she kind of cocked her head and she goes, you don't believe in evolution? And she was somebody who I trust like both on the Bible and on science. And like to see that she was able to lead the two together with this new concept to me. It's hard for me because I've had a very weird reaction to Timothy Keller because Timothy Keller actually wrote a lot of white papers regarding like how he can reconcile evolution with like his congregation. So it's like this weird thing where I've been able to like, I I used him as a stepping stone, but now I see how harmful his theology is in general. So that was the first time though, that I really started to question it was never somebody that I trusted was like able to kind of ask me questions and prod me along. And I was able to build my theology off of her and also start exploring for myself. Mm -hmm. Sounds really good. That's cool. Um, I would say for me, um, I'm not I'm like I'm not 100% sure like when I actually gave up on biblical literalism and there's actually a chance I have not necessarily given up on it in a weird way but so like I really got into uh, the work the works of John Walton um, and he's like evangelical uh, Old Testament professor at Wheaton like Wheaton's the evangelical school right but he he would write on he's written a lot on like genres and and recognizing ancient um writings and taking them for what they actually are and 
So like learning about what things are meant to be as opposed to what I'm told they're supposed to be is like, that's actually a form of literalism in a way because it's the way it's meant to be taken. And so like there, like there's still a sense that I take, like I am a biblical literalist, but in not the way that evangelicals talk about it. Cause like, I don't take the creation story necessarily literally because it wasn't meant to be taken literally. It was meant to be understood as a, as a genre. Yeah. Like uh, Paul's writing is literally between him and somebody and like a church or like a, somebody else writing as Paul. And like, they're literally letters. Like those aren't necessarily uh, a genre that's meant to be for the rest of the church. Like, revelation is not about the future it's literally like a wisdom reflection piece about what people were dealing with so like there's like a sense that whenever it comes to the way i look at the bible and stuff i am still a literalist because i actually like care about what was meant to be said as opposed to like what evangelicals want to say it means so yeah, it's yeah. a it's a really like that's a hard question for me, and it's one that I really like avoid because honestly, I think it's honestly I think it's a stupid question, not for like progressives to uh, or or like evangelicals to say, yeah, the Bible's not literal. I think that the entire thing that brought that question around is completely dumb, and that was brought up because of conservative Christianity in like the last two hundred years. It's like that's not a question like people were asking like we're asking it because we want to be exclusivist uh, so it's really to me it's really annoying it, it's it's a way to it's a way to establish a form of certainty and supremacy within christianity and i'm i'm not about that can i just really quick piggyback off that like alicia you're one of those people who i just every time you post something i it helps me realize because I have just spent so long inside of like reform and fundamentalist bubbles where to question anything is death. And so it's like to see your content and then also to see Mason's content and like see people who I really respect who are like actually saying, no, this is what's going on in these scriptures and to recontextualize it and to see it was never meant to be this literalist bubble. That is so refreshing to me as somebody who has just taught my entire life. It has to be the exact way that you read it. And yeah, it's just, it's been, it's been, I thought it would be a really painful process, but there are a lot of moments of joy where I look at people who I really respect and see you're able to find this beauty in the scripture that should have been so painful for you. And so that's what kind of keeps me in too. I think sometimes for me, like, not just pride month, but just generally like there are just moments where I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I might still be a Christian. Like if these folks can yeah. still find something good in this, like what do I have to complain about? Sometimes I think that, and I think for me giving up literalism was like a combination. I think of what Lindsay and Alicia said, like coming to terms with science and also coming to terms with biblical genre, like made the whole evangelical project of literalism just laughably just un unwieldy like this isn't this doesn't even make sense of, it's unserious it, yeah it's an unserious way to take this mm-hmm. book and so i think right 
you know, and again, I walk out of the church, or at least the evangelical church, following Jesus at the time. Like, like, because it's just the you, you all do not get this. I think, I think actually, Alicia, you're the one that tweeted like the most Christian thing you can do is dismantle Christianity or something, or the mo- like following Jesus means dismantling Christianity, mm-hmm. something along those lines. But I was like, yeah, I mean, uh, Kierkegaard. <laughs> whatever. I think that was Kierkegaard, but that works too. <laughs> I don't know. Sure Kierkegaard Kierkegaard was, I, he still didn't like actually address like white supremacy and how that has played into European culture. Yeah. Like he kind of, he almost got there, but he didn't. And it's like, we're sitting here where evangelicalism has taken over Christian nationalism, where white supremacy is like a tenet of their faith. And the fact is, is even in like liberal spaces, especially like mainline spaces, these are all built on white supremacy. Like you, you go to, you go to UCC, like it was built on white supremacy. It's maintaining a a Eurocentric structure. It's, it's maintaining a eurocentric theology like the only way to move forward in a way that uh, like actually that actually makes change is to literally tear it down to 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 the point where really there's nothing left you, like you kind of get you kind of get maybe some stories of jesus which is great like that i love i i find encouragement in jesus because i think evangelicals would murder him <laughs> like that to me that's oh, sure. that's like a weird encouraging thing about still call, calling myself christian is like knowing that evangelicals would murder jesus but yeah like white supremacy is the foundation of basically all of our church systems and yeah it, it, it just it i don't i don't see a way forward without a full dismantling of the entire system i like that yeah I kind of want to pivot. I, like we said, we were going to pivot to like a funny question, but I feel like we're like we're in it right now. Um, I feel like the script can like bounce. I feel back. like we. I feel like I, I feel like know. we feel can. Like... Can the audience do it? Let's try. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we need to stretch that. Now we're we're pivoting to the apostles here, and so so already just just going to put that one. The, you know, this is this is an apostle centric question. And it's very, it was um, brought to us by the lovely, by the lovely Natalie Grace. If the apostles were MCU superheroes, who would be which one? What if we don't know superheroes? I might know superheroes more than the apostles at this point. <laughs> um, so we don't have to do all 12. I don't feel like we should. This, this can just be like a whoever strikes you immediately. Let's, we'll just hit the big ones. We'll, we'll do Paul, Peter... James, John, See, and Junior. Okay, so here's here's what I yes, that's good. I'm gonna say I, this is this is actually since you mentioned Paul, like I'm gonna say that Paul is the MCU version of Spider Man <laughs> for this only. <laughs> because Spider Man so desperately wants to be an Avenger. <laughs> but he is not one. <laughs> oh no. And for that reason, and I say has- that Paul would be Spider Man. In the MC, the the Marvel, you know, comics, the, the movie universe, yes. And he has been present for deaths of superheroes. Yes. So, so that's where I'm gonna just that's 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 gonna be the one I say. We'll say let somebody else say something else. 
There's no way Paul would have that really hot scene with Kirsten Dunst kissing her upside down. No, no, that's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, Tom, I'm Tom saying Holland. Tom Holland awkward, yeah. like, you know, like he like got brought in and he's like, can I, can I, can I, oh, Mr. I Stark, can I be a, can I be an Avenger? Like, no, sorry, buddy. You're not an Avenger. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So you're going to move a lot of merchandise, but I, I literally Clearly, just want to lose my daughter. Universe because I yeah, thought you, that, that you was, were thinking Tobey Maguire. Am I thinking of the Tobey Maguire guy? Yeah. That's uh, very jealous. Of that I, guy. Like to me, Paul reminds me. I know Thanks. it's not MCU, but it's still Disney. <laughs> the villain in The Incredibles, <laughs> like the guy who wants to, okay, the guy yes. that wants to be the superhero and like yes, murders the superheroes to be the best one. <laughs> like that's Paul. <laughs> yeah, if everyone's special, then no yeah, one is. That's, like that's... yeah. <clears throat> Can okay. I? There are multiple Judas. Yes, right? there's two Judases. Sure. There, yeah. yeah, there are two Judases. So can we put the first Judas as Andrew Garfield? But I feel like he needs representation, but I feel like he's not the final. The like, final version of Judas. Yeah, the final form. Yeah. I don't know. You're Barbara. fine. You're fine. <laughs> that, that, that was I great. So who else are we doing? We're doing <laughs> Paul and Peter. Who, who would be Peter in the marvel comics universe the 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 rock dude from fantastic four (laughs) maybe a little too literal (laughs) jesus christ the rock but not the johnson yes Yes. i'm actually gonna say like he's he is the rock dude from the fantastic four from the version of the fantastic four done on Arrested Development when they did that like musical <laughs> version. <laughs> so it's like a niche of a niche of a niche, but that's yes. And uh, let's do Junia. I'll say Junia. Let's do Ms. Marvel or, or Captain Marvel is Junia, like the superhero that's like was supposed to be like, hey. Like this is women's empowerment, uh, but everyone forgot about her. <laughs> like I feel like it's and now and now queer women yes, love her. Yes, yes, this is like yeah. Now she's like an honorary lesbian, but like maybe not. Is there is there a is there an MCU superhero that was uh, one of those people that like everybody was like, no, that was actually a guy. <laughs> because yeah. Junior, yeah, is it, it Junior that no. everybody is always like? No, you're right. No, that was actually a guy. as Junius, even though that was never. That was never a name in First Century Greece. Yeah. Yeah, it was very much a, a junior. Yeah. Right. So who, whoever, the, whoever the superhero that was uh, always gets claimed to be a guy, but really actually never was. So like Lady Thor from the Thor Love and Thunder. Ooh. So that That's would make true. her. That would make her the female Loki. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there was, there was so much hot, hot art of the two of them oh, making out, and I, 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 <laughs> I don't know how I felt about that because, like, if there was an alternate reality version of me that was a woman, like, I, yeah, I'd probably make out with them. I probably would, but anyway. This is Justin, like, really that was, my, that was a that was a wild confession yeah. for me just now. <laughs> Justin um, is like really stepping into the queerness during this this Pride episode. I, I am like wow. Yeah. I love it. Happy, yeah, happy June. June. It's, it's doing a yeah. June, yeah. There we go. No, you're fine. <laughs> so uh, let's do. Let's uh, change subjects. <laughs> so, which Bible stories? We're gonna do two more questions and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Which Bible stories are still meaningful to you 
even after deconstruction. So it's not, I actually find Revelation to be super encouraging because it, it it's such a wisdom book that's not about the future or tribulation. It's just like, hey, life sucks right now for everyone and eventually like stuff will turn around, which, which is kind of true looking at history, but then things also go to shit pretty quick too. But uh, I, I do find that somewhat encouraging. And the, the fact that like my, one of my favorite verses, I think I just tweeted about this like yesterday or something, it is from Revelation 22. And I want to say it's verse two, uh, but it talks about the tree of life and go, like going forth from the tree of life is a river and it brings healing to the nations. And I find that super encouraging because kind of because I was always taught that this was about end times and like Jesus come back and new heavens and new earth and like, yay, we're on heaven. But uh, that, that can't be true if there's still nations. And the, the idea that whatever like this religion is about should actually bring healing to like more than just white Christians. Like the, the end of the, the end of the book actually ends with like, there's healing for all of the nations. And to me, that's like, that's really encouraging to me because I, I feel like that's what, I feel like that's what social justice should be about. It's what solidarity should be about. Like whatever, whatever we're holding to, whatever we're trying to accomplish, it should be bringing about healing. And so that, to me, that's something that I still, I still find inspirational, I guess. I love the book of Acts a lot for lots of different reasons. One of my favorite stories in the book of Acts is in Acts 10. And Peter, who we were just talking about, has this great vision where, you know, Peter was a Jew through and through. So he he followed the law and all of that. And Peter is having this like debate with him within himself about do like Gentiles get to be a part of this Jesus movement thing or not? Like how how, how does this all work? And Peter has this vision one night where he sees all of these, what he would consider unclean things, you know, in, in his vision. So, you know, he's, he's got like serpents and four, uh, four footed animals and birds and all these different things that were laying on a sheet. And, you know, there, these are all things that are unclean within Jewish law for him. And then he hears the voice of God in this vision where God says, yeah. do not declare unclean what I've declared clean. And so at that point, Peter realizes, oh, like th this, this whole thing about Jesus is not just for certain kind of people. Like this is for everybody. And I don't get to have this choice about what God declares unclean or declares clean. And so like God has already declared a lot of these people clean and I, and I just need to participate in, in making sure that these people feel like they're included. And I think that's just such a powerful story of, you know, th this was a huge debate in early part of Christianity and, and to see this, this very visible story of Peter just being like, you know what? everybody can be a part of this, I think is really, really important. So anyway, that that's a story that I still absolutely love. I'm going to go ahead and say that mine probably needs a little bit of a trigger warning. But one thing that I have found over the years is that the book of Esther and like how it relates to just people who have faced abuse because Esther at her core faced sexual abuse. Like she really, truly did. 
And I grew up within a Southern Baptist tradition. Like I spent a lot of time within that tradition and I've talked to a lot of people who have faced the absolute worst of that. And so to see like how not only Esther has been used as this bastion of hope within those people, but also to see how those people still cling to the faith, even whenever they've been cast out, even whenever they face the worst like that has been something that has been of so much help to me. Like I, I have not faced that myself, thank God, but I have been around people who have, and just to see how they still have hope within the faith whenever they've been cast aside and whenever they've been told that they are not of worth and how they still see her as this heroine has been very, yeah, that's something that's like, it's like, it, it helps me see that there's still worth within this, within this faith. Uh, my, the Bible story that still resonates for me personally is the Tower of Babel. Um, Justin and I talked about this a while ago. I don't even remember when, but, um, yeah, that story for me, like, you know, a lot of the time we jump into (laughs) these conversations and we're like, oh, let's talk about, you know, whatever random shit we remember from Sunday school or, or youth group or Bible college. And, this one was one where I was just like, oh yeah, I remember when I was taught about like that that the Tower of Babel was was like symbolism for communism, right? But then once Justin and I like got in, I don't even remember what 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 episode this was. I should I should have to like, go. Yeah, I should go back and like look and see what like specifically what number it was. But we went back and we were reading it. And it's talking about how there are all of these people from all over the place that like come together and say like, we're going to build a tower to reach God, right? <laughs> like we're going to mm-hmm. build a tower up to the sky. We're going to get this God motherfucker, hell or high water. And they start doing it. And God speaking to other God's question mark people starts talking and going like, uh, we got to shut this shit down. Otherwise they're going to get all the way up to us. And I like, I'd never realized it before. Right. But the, the, the idea of like, if, if humanity truly chose to, to like work together, if there were an opportunity for us to actually all collaborate, like we could defeat God. That that's what that that's what that story is saying. And I fucking love that. Right. That like all of us working together terrifies power. Right. Like that analysis of like, oh no, we can't let these people work together. And you can see this, like, this is fucking the mantra of like the CIA and the FBI, literally, of like, we can't let these people work together, right? We have to make them enemies of one another. <laughs> Otherwise, they're gonna take stuff over and we're nobody's gonna have a use for us. So that is absolutely like the Bible story that like resonates with me or still is like meaningful to me as someone who is like out, out of the church and like doesn't have like a, a faith identity necessarily. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That was episode 23. I just looked it up. Sweet. So, very Thank early you. on. I, you know, I mean, a lot of these like I've resonated with over the years, I think it's not really so much a story. It's more of a thread and it's kind of a little bit what Mason was talking about in the sense of like trajectory in the Bible, like is like, and that, I think that's what literalism robs us of is understanding that like this thing continues to move 
us forward in different ways. So like in what other ways could God make something clean that was once considered unclean? And I think of, like it's really about the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. Because if you look at the the stories in the Bible, like early on in like the law, eunuchs were like, you're not allowed, like period. Like, and I used to giggle at the King James because it was like anyone who's been wounded in the stones cannot enter the sanctuary of the Lord. So like, you know, I don't know if they did a testicle check or what, but like, you know, you don't get in. And like, if you don't have all the bits and bobs, you don't get in. But then like Isaiah, like there's verses in Isaiah that's like, hey, we look forward to a day when even eunuchs can be included, which is kind of an odd thing for someone like Isaiah to say. And then you get this Ethiopian eunuch who sexual minority considered sexually deviant by a lot of people. Like, I mean, name the list of things that evangelicals say about the LGBTQIA community probably was said in some way about eunuchs. And then this eunuch says, you know, to, I don't know, Philip or whoever, like, is there anything keeping me from being baptized? And Philip, if he's a good, you know, person that is a good gatekeeper is going to say, absolutely, there is. I'm so sorry. But his answer is like, no, there's nothing keeping you from this. So why don't we bring you in? And so when I think of like trajectory of scripture, like that's really what like comes to my mind. Like, okay, in literalism says like that was a one off thing. Yeah, I guess people that don't have balls can get in, you know, but like if we look at it more of as like this is a trajectory, this is a blueprint for how we bring new people in to whatever this is. And how do we continue to bring in new groups of people that we once thought were out? But no, actually, no, now they're in, you know, I just find that fascinating. That's always been something that and that's what led me honestly out of the church. It led me to be queer affirming. It led me to be a lot of things that I would have thought were unclean, but actually have made me better and have made other people better as well. And so it's been good. So you're saying the Bible allows you to buy things from Target? Yes, yes, you can buy things from Target as from if you if you follow my version of the Bible at least. You're, um, you're right. wow. you can, for sure. We're still we're still in the air yes. on Chick Fil A, um, but Target Target's okay. We're still, you know, like <laughs> yeah, Target is okay. Target's um, in the can, okay. can I rabbit trail? It's fine because yeah, go ahead, rabbit Nick's trail. Real all quick, you want. Um, because like we've given been given such uh like a false sense of what eunuchs were in the first century because we honestly think eunuchs were celibate yeah. but but they weren't like they they had parts cut off so they didn't have to be celibate and they because they were not seen they were not seen as fully male or female like they could have sex with um men and women and, and often did um, like eunuchs would take care of <laughs> eunuchs would take care of like the harem or whatever and hook up with the women because they could and because they wouldn't make they wouldn't make babies like eunuchs were actually seen as kind of like sexual deviants within the first century so like the idea like the, the idea that we had to sanitize the notion of eunuchs to like make it work with with our very strict understanding of sexuality in the Bible. Like it doesn't line up historically. Eunuchs got it on a lot. Yeah. And well, and Jesus even talks about like somewhere, you know, born eunuchs, which could have was probably a euphemism for just gay men. And some are made eunuchs by the hands of others, which is just such a 
fascinating turn of phrase. <laughs> I, I think I did a sermon on that passage and I said, like, you want to freak somebody out, get in an elevator with them and say, some are born eunuchs <laughs> and some are made eunuchs by the hands of others. <laughs> That'll That's... freak a person out. <laughs> snip, snip, motherfucker. <laughs> snip, snip. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, people that, like, so, and again, Jesus is talking about, like, these people can get in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those that are born, you know, they can get it, and they can get in. So They can get it. I think the last um, one we're going to do, because this is Go Home Bible, You're Drunk. Um, we have some, we have a ton of questions, but we don't have an infinite amount of time. But I will say this last question, because this is Go Home Bible, You're Drunk. What is the best drink pairing for the existential dread one might get from reading the book of Revelation? Like, what is a good drink that goes with the book of Revelation? And again, this is like evangelical book of Revelation, not like actual book of Revelation, I think. I'm going to put that one in there. So I guess we'll close with that question. Uh, we're going. I think I've got it. <laughs> Whatever uh, Jim Jones put mm. in his Kool-Aid. Oh that sounds like Cyanide a great evangelical revelation pairing. I've got to be honest. I, I grew up in a, like, again, Pentecostal, not denominational. So, like, this was a big anxiety. And this is something that always, like, turned my gut growing up. And I'm going to have to say it's not something that you drink. It's a gummy that you mm. eat. And that's actually what helps you the best. Yeah. Well, so since we're keeping it like the evangelical understanding, like, well, first of all, I I didn't, I wasn't taught rapture, post-millennial dispensationalism. I was taught like, Jesus is going to show up out of nowhere. And if you're not right with Jesus, you're going straight to hell. There's no second chances. (laughs) I was literally told that the Left Behind series was dangerous because it taught people had second chances. So, like, <laughs> oh my you, you, all, you all had rapture oh trauma. God. I'm sitting there going, like, you think you have a second chance? <laughs> but Kirk Cameron was one of the people. Like, wow. Kirk Cameron's done. Yeah. But I don't, like, for me, when I believed all that, I wasn't drinking alcohol. I was drinking Mountain Dew, which is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was what oh, was wrong. I was, I was drinking Mountain Dew and reading Revelation. Yeah, that's probably that's probably what was wrong. That was the only thing wrong with those days. Yeah. Wow. I I gotta go fully biblical and just go like red wine, like Revelation, mm. book of Revelation. Get you some red wine. Like I'm not, you know, respectfully. If I'm try- like if I'm trying to have a time. I'm not going to waste that on a Bible book. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just not. If I'm trying to have, like, an enhanced evening, not not doing that. I have other, I have better things to do with my, like, slightly out-of-body experiences slash my mind just doing whatever crazy shit it wants, like, turning my teeth into uh, Christmas lights. But, yeah, I got to go with, I got to go with red wine for, for that one because it's, like, if you're, mm. it's, like, the perfect amount of drunk. For me, at least, it's like I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to like have a hangover, but I'm still going to feel like I'm still going to get some sort of a way and I'm going to see things in that book that I wouldn't have probably normally noticed. And I'm going to make a bunch of like really inappropriate jokes about 
one whore of Babylon having a lot of fucking orgasms and it's going to be a great time. So I just, re- I just realized that I, I could have gone biblical and said, uh, not drinking anything, but I am going to actually, I don't know how, how, how do you ingest mandrakes? <laughs> mandrakes show up <laughs> ingest mandrakes mandrakes show up, at, oh, like, mandrakes show up in the old testament and they were you yeah maybe a tea so maybe it is a drink maybe it's a drink but mandrakes show up in the old testament mm. and it was used they were used in ancient times to induce hallucinations which is where a lot of like religious oracles came from was hallucinations but it was also it's what by it's like a viagra uh it, it, get, it gets men hard an aphrodisiac thank you so it gets you high and it's an aphrodisiac and people literally used it in the bible like there is a tribe there's a tribe of israel because of the selling of mandrakes (laughs) and also like you're going down (laughs) Um, going down also like it was it's in song of songs like they they have mandrakes in in a vineyard they drink wine, have mandrakes, and have sex in a vineyard. So I'm I'm gonna do mandrakes. That's I'm ch- I'm changing my answer to I mandrakes. Like going biblical, hallucinations and sex. I'm I'm going down like with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm changing my answer to. Yeah, I was gonna too, go with like a mushroom tea of some kind. Mm-hmm. I'm starting yeah, with my gummies. Yes, yeah, like. So I guess what pairs with the existential existential dread of revelation is some kind of narcotic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so, not alcohol. It's not, yeah, we can all agree on that. You know, alcohol plus. Yeah. So uh I mean I we could we could keep doing this, but I think I think we're gonna wrap it up. This is our one hundredth episode. I'm still I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I feel good. I feel good. I, I feel good. My heart is full. I, and I, I love all of you. And I, but it's, it's also like, wow, we've done this a hundred times, Tori. Like, actually, we've probably done this more than a hundred times and we've lost recordings. So, yes, this is great. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so thanks everybody. Really appreciate you hanging out with us and. Uh, you know, here's to a hundred more. Tori, do you have anything you want to say? Oh, uh, about a hundred episodes. Um, yeah. no, I'm just, I just like, like you said, I feel like we're a legit podcast now and I feel like I can start shaking people down harder to like join Patreon. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Plus I've been drinking this, this tequila that I found in Mexico that I've been looking for for literally four years and couldn't find it. <laughs> yes. It's called Trader Joe's tequila. It's, it's from Oaxaca. Jose's. It's slightly racist. It's from Oaxaca. <laughs> There's it's tra- it's Trader Jose I think is what they call him but um yeah anyway this is so this is this is my like New Year's new century of podcast episodes resolution is <laughs> like yeah. I'm gonna start passing the offering plate more often on the show yeah so because we're 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 big kid podcast now we are <laughs> yeah yeah. Thanks, everybody. It's been great. You know, thanks, uh, no Lindsay, problem. Alicia, and Mason for joining us. 100th episode journey. And uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. We should let everybody tell tell the peoples where they can find their stuff. Yeah. yeah. Where can you find your stuff? How do you want to be found? If you want to be, be found. Lindsay, you should go first. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
I feel like my most, like my main contribution is to. <laughs> you can be found at most Pedro the Lion shows. I will and, be the one uh, crying, and I will also be the one saying, "I actually don't know this song." <laughs> no, I. I'm currently on Twitter until Twitter is dead, and I feel like Twitter is going to be dead in like two seconds. But I don't have a blue sky, like code yet. So just find me on Twitter. Mm. You're fine. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, add my name. It's my name. It's nothing fun, but you're going to pronounce it as ficus, and that's okay. Ficus. Isn't that a tree? That's a tree. It is a type of tree. It is a tree. My kid, my eight-year-old told me the other day, Mom, sometimes people say my name is ficus, and that's okay with me now, and it's just acceptance at this point. So I'm just Lindsay ficus, Lindsay ficus, whatever you want to say. I love this. Alicia, where can people find you if you want to be found? Yeah, uh, you can find me transvangelical everywhere. Publicly, I'm most active on Twitter, and that's where you get a lot of my stuff. Uh, but you can also find me on OnlyFans as transvangelical. Like I said, everything's transvangelical. I, I came up with the handle and nobody else did, so I was able to claim all of the transvangelical on every platform there is. I've even signed up for platforms I've never used just to take that handle. Yeah, uh, like Bebo. So, uh, what is that? Bebo. Have you ever been on Bebo? MySpace. I, I've not. No, it's MySpace. Is, is MySpace? Uh, tra- is there a transvangelical on MySpace yet? <laughs> there is not a transvangelical on MySpace. So there is going to be now. <laughs> I'm going right now. I'm um, okay, but yeah. So Twitter, my my OnlyFans. So go subscribe there because um, that's where I get most of my money. Um, but also on Substack, I try to write a blog once a week. Um, that doesn't always happen. I am on I am on Blue Sky. Lindsay, Lindsay and Mason are not there. I am there. Uh, oh. And it might be Blue Ski. You are? Blue Ski. I say Blue Ski until I have a code. Until I have a code, then I'll properly pronounce it. So just, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like an old man. I'm like, what are these things? <laughs> Where are the kids at? Where are the apps the kids are at now? Did you are get you that today? Then? I hate you. It's not the kids, though. This Two is Blue ago. Sky is for like millennials. Are you like, it's not oh. really the kids that are on there. I don't know what people it's who. It's for the non racist millennials, but I'm not on there yet, which I say consider everything that I am. Mason, you're not very well known on Twitter, are you? Nobody, nobody knows who Mason no. is. No, oh, yeah. The only only reason why you would know me is because I know Lindsay, who happens to know Sean <laughs> Craig from uh, Phillips, Dean, and Craig. <laughs> this is literally the only reason that you would know Mason. It's the only reason why you would know me. But if for whatever reason you knew me beyond that, uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter mostly, Mason Menega. Uh, I'm also pretty active on Instagram. I also have a YouTube that uh, I I honestly think is the best thing I do. Honestly, if you think I'm funny on on Twitter, you better check out my YouTube. It's way better than that. So uh, highly recommend my YouTube. I also have a couple podcasts if you're into podcast stuff. I've got a theology podcast if you're interested in thinking about theology in new and different ways. It's called The People's Theology. And then if you're also really interested in music stuff, mostly music stuff from the Christian music world that uh, we may have all grown up in, I also have a music podcast and it's called The Black Sheep Podcast. Black Sheep being one word. You can check that out too. So uh, yeah, I, don't know. I guess I have a website. Uh, I, I haven't announced this yet. I guess this is the first a public announcement. I have no idea when you guys are going to release this, but 
I actually am starting to make merch. So if you happen to be a person that really likes my tweets and you want to tweet on a sticker or on a shirt, you can get that on a shirt or a sticker now. So anyway, you let me know and I will make it happen. I should mention, I do have a website. I I, I actually have a transvangelical.com. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's new. Oh, yeah. See, that's I didn't right. even know that. Yeah, Google it's, site. it's new oh. as of like a week. Um and I literally... Oh, okay. It's new, new. Yeah, it's new, new. Yeah. And I, I literally built it using like Google Sites. So it's... Um, I love this. Really, really high quality. Uh, and I have merch. Mm, um, this is sexy. And the, it's on... I have merch on Red... Uh, what? Redbubble. So it is oh, supporting nice. a corporation, but a little bit of the money goes to me. So that's good. And you can get... You can get things that say like biblical womanhood, pegging men in tents since Judges 4. <laughs> I like this. I like this. I have a few other things, and it's June, so go go on there and do your do your rainbow capitalism from from uh, queer creators and and buy buy one of my mm-hmm. pride shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buy buy queer things from queer yeah. people, not from Target. You can shop at Target, but but buy yeah. your queer stuff mm-hmm. from queer people. Um, and I have a book coming out. Yeah. Uh, a sixty nine yeah. days. Nice. A uh, 69 day daily devotional uh, that yeah is is going to be up. can i actually can i preview like one of the devotionals that sure. i have all right <laughs> so this is this is the first one i wrote <laughs> and it starts with deuteronomy 34 7 this is the nasb although moses was 120 years old when he died his eyesight was not dim and his vigor uh, and nor had his vigor left him. So the thought from that verse is the word vigor is actually moisture, and it's a euphemism uh, for the ability to ejaculate. Thus, Moses' crowning achievement was his ability to get off. So celebrate your and or other people's ability to to get off. <laughs> nice. So there's going to be 69 days of, of uh... stuff like this. <laughs> I'm this I'm so amazed, fun. transvangelical. I'm so sorry. I have to interrupt just really quickly because you have a mini skirt that says across the pussy biblical <laughs> womanhood, pegging man intense since I Judges do. four. Your that is, is incredible. So so that's the that's the like one that I put on on a skirt. Um, but it's just so it's so perfect. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's the best one to put on a skirt. <laughs> uh yeah actually so oh i'm gonna be at wild goose in like a month so if you're going to that you can see me hear me talk i'll be talking about sex work uh i actually so i got that one to wear the piggy main intense and also the one that says um you're against sex work question mark the very thing that paid for jesus ministry so I, I'm at, i i am actually gonna be when i present i'll be wearing that the sex work one mm-hmm. Nice. I like that. <laughs> That's really great. It's a good skirt. Um, Tori, can people find you on doing things? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'm on Instagram at my homework talking about, you know, social justice and anti-racism and ways to take care of your nervous system because it turns out all of those things are connected. And then other times... Yeah, I guess you can find me on my website. I, like, have a little anti-racism newsletter that I send out every Friday. So that's just toryglass.com. 
I am still on Twitter. I'm on Blue Sky, but um, not using it really. I'm just I'm lurking at this time. But yeah, my Twitter is at Tori Glass, and I still use that for fun stuff like crowdfunding stuff for for families in need. So, Tori, you're not the only person that has something that doesn't, and they don't use it. That's so. fair. I am not the only person that has something and doesn't use it. So many ways, so many places to go. <laughs> Hey, Tori, Lindsay, you can find at every Pedro Lion show. Uh, can we find you? What, what 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 new beach typically would we be able to oh, find you at? Oh, uh, Savi Island is the best beach in Portland. It is also the clothing optional beach here. Um, it is not hot here yet. However, if you're a fucking weirdo and you want to show up at a nude beach to like stalk me, that's where I will be. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Portland, Oregon is just like a land of destruction. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, Lizzie, what? I've heard that like Portland, Oregon is just a land of. Yeah, land there's nothing left here except the nude too. beach, but that's except really nude, fucking hot. So that's really the, all that matters. Yeah. The nude okay. beach is there because that's there. where the, the conservatives that, you know, won't destroyed go. the place. They won't go. Perfect. So I just want to point out for the, for the only time in my life, this will ever happen. I have more followers on Blue Ski than Tori does. That'll that'll change in like the next week, I'm sure. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just sit. <laughs> the fact that I have more followers than Tori on one. Let's see these kids on Blue Ski or Blue Sky. I, I you mean, know. you guys all have more followers than <laughs> yeah. Blue Sky than me. If you want to see if I can like compete, you can always just send me a code. I don't know. Send me like a rope away from the fashion club. <laughs> oh yeah. If anybody's listening and has an extra blue sky code for, for Lindsay, please send it to her. She would, I, she would greatly appreciate. Please. I see. I only have the bandwidth for two social medias <laughs> and currently their Instagram and Twitter. Justin um, is maxed out. I am. I, I am. I, I wish I had more things to promote, but I, I am just generally maxed out currently. <laughs> um, that's legit. So you can find me here on this podcast and you can and also that's find it. me. Rev- no, pretty, that's it. But also, I do another little podcast, Rev Covery, with uh, the Reverend Sari Heath, helping ministers get out of ministry and kind of tell their stories of leaving. You can find me on Twitter at Justin D Gentry, and you know, follow me there. That'd be great. And you know, while all of the cool people leave to go to Blue Ski, we'll hang out together on Twitter until Elon Musk kills it. Yes, yes Justin, we'll, thank you. Till the end. Um, <laughs> Except okay. for Twitter. Oh, Twitter uh, got thank canceled, you. though. Did you see that today? Oh, it, oh, oh yeah, because they, you know, gay no. people work there and can. And oh, because gay be people well, work there? No, they, <laughs> oh, wait, oh, that's why never mind. They, 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 uh, Twitter backed out of doing a free premiere of the uh, Daily Wire's um, What is a Woman? Uh, Oh, good. Good. They should have oh, backed no. out. Good. The, the, the reason, mm-hmm. the reason that Daily Wire finally Elon Ma- Musk actually pulls out of something, <laughs> not something he's very good Hey-o. at. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I've just, I've honestly just been watching so much recession that like all of my mind is just on business deals and and honestly white people, and it's like, oh no, this is not a good deal. This is not a good deal. Uh, Oh my God. Okay. So can I I just need to interject? I'm sorry to do this. I'm so, so sorry. This is like humiliating that this even happened. 
turned my phone back on because I was going to text my kid goodnight because he goes to bed around this time and he's at his dad's house right now. And I got a text that is a tweet that says, breaking, the Bible has been removed from all elementary and middle school libraries throughout Davis County, uh, the Davis County School District in Utah after parents utilized a new law that permits the removal of pornographic books from school libraries. The removal of the Bible was requested due to it being, quotes, one of the most sex-ridden books around. (laughs) 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 They're not wrong. That's why I'm a Christian right, right. there. Because the Bible is <laughs> pornography. You, ha- you have Bible a 100 episode podcast that talks about all of the instances of sex in the Bible. There's a lot of sex in the Bible. We've found a we lot have, of them. We have we- a lot more sex to go, Justin. I think we need to <laughs> we like do. redouble our efforts here. Because we, we haven't do, gone but... through even all of hey, the I sex. tried my best. I literally talked about Teresa of you did. Avila, you who did an, literally wore you Jesus' foreskin. I tried yeah. my moved best. moved us forward, and we talk we... about that frequently in other episodes. <laughs> We did. We're like, remember that time Mason <laughs> talked about that foreskin ring? Good God. Oh, my God. Um, it's made another appearance. Oh, man. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for hanging up. Hang, hanging up. Hanging out hang with up. us. Hang up. Please hang up. Uh, Finish we'll, this. Uh, here's to another hundred more. So, yeah, we'll see you around. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.